Hi, I'm Sue. And I'm Rach. And this is the Georgia Heyer podcast. And in this episode, we're talking about Charity Girl. So how are you doing, Sue? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. Um, so it's Sunday evening, as you know, and I am off work all of next week. So that's lovely. Oh, oh lovely. I'm doing DIY, nothing exciting, but still, it's nice. And also, I'm very pleased because... I went to the supermarket and I spotted my first Cadbury's mini eggs of the year out in the wild. There are oh. there are eggs in the shops, yeah. I mean, and Christmas is over, so we've got yeah. Easter, yeah. Easter eggs out, yeah. Well, I think I think we should move toward move away from spring, summer, autumn, winter, and move towards mini egg season, chocolate orange season, season, yeah. Just do it with chocolates. It makes much more sense. Yeah, I, I do like it when there's uh, mini eggs in in the shop are plenty. Mm. I haven't had such a good week oh. because we all had, well, so uh, my son um, has a bit tested positive for um, no. coronavirus. And so he's been off all week, off school all week. And then I tested positive ah. yesterday, which is inevitable, really, because I was stuck in a room with him for um, for a week <laughs> yeah so not fun and he's still testing positive so we can't go into school for a few days of next week as well so that's all fun so we've been doing a bit of home learning again and mm-hmm. trying to do that whilst I'm still working but you know <laughs> it's not it hasn't been you know we're all we're all, we're all fine um I'm enjoying you trying to find a silver lining there but um Oh okay. well, yeah, I mean, obviously, people have had it a lot worse, haven't they? Um, yeah. And yeah, very, very mild symptoms. So um, okay, it's all right. It's just what? I really haven't left the house for quite a number of days now, and then now I'm really not allowed to leave the house for another <laughs> um, at least seven days. So yeah. If if you need me to, you know, post some mini eggs through the door, you just let me know, okay, and I'll do it. Anyway, right. That's enough of that, isn't it? Yeah. God, chit chat. Who needs that? Let's get talking about Charity Girl. Um, I've got the summary ready. You ready? Ready. When Viscount Desved finds Cherry Steen determined to escape her unhappy home and walk to London to find her grandfather, he knows he can't allow an innocent young girl to face the perils of such a journey alone. So he accompanies her to London, only to find her grandfather has disappeared. Not a man to give in at the first hurdle, he entrusts Cherry to the care of his best friend, Hetta Silverdale and sets off in his quest to find Cherry a place in the world. So that's my little summary. Um, Lovely. So did you like, enjoy it, Sue? Oh, oh, God, yes. It's light as a feather. I enjoyed I enjoyed it, it vastly. Yeah, I enjoyed it. It's mm. not one of my favourites, but right. um, it's... Well, no, it's not. I didn't, I didn't dislike it at all. It's just... Mm. Um, I, I think it's just... A, um, I didn't find any of the characters... It's not like one of my frequent rereads. I didn't, um, I mm. didn't love any of the characters. I just sort of, I, I liked it. Okay, okay, fair enough. Um, let's just dive straight into talking about Viscount Desford or Ashley Carrington, oh. as he's also known. Yeah, because I've got to say, he was a lovely young man. I, I would marry him. I think he's, yeah. he's a, he's really great. He, he is, yeah. But I think that's one, one of my issues. He's like, he's just like a ready-made great, isn't he? He doesn't really go on like a um a good he goes on a physical journey but not like a you know he's not a reform sort of character is he he's just he's just wonderful but you know not everyone needs a journey some of us are just born perfect i like a rake sure sure a reform rake well he i'd say desford is a bit of a ladies man yeah um yeah should we go to his a physical description do it um so Viscount Desford bore the appearance of a son of whom any father must have been proud. In addition to a good-looking countenance and a lithe, athletic figure, he had the easy manners which sprang as much from innate amiability as from his breeding. He had also a considerable store of patience and a sense of humour which showed itself in the smile which lurked in his eyes and which, he, and which was thought by a great many persons as irresistible. So. Mm, irresistible. Lovely. Um, and he, so from, from very early on, we know that he is, uh, you know, a good egg, someone mm. that's patient with his, obviously loves his family, um, yeah. looks after, you know, looks after his brothers and sisters, 
is very respectful towards his father, very patient towards him, loves his mother. Mm-hmm. You know, what, what more could you want in a in a husband? Well, yes, indeed. I, I mean, obviously his father does find him a little bit lacking in terms of providing him with grandchildren. I, I love the fact that his so where that description comes in is right at the beginning, isn't it? Where his yeah. he's getting um a, a good telling off from his dad about him being a bit rackety and not settling down and providing him with grandchildren. And then Des yeah. points out, you, you do actually have grandchildren. <laughs> yeah, but they're girls, so they don't yeah, count. Yeah, of course. <laughs> um, um, I like the yeah. fact that he's, he's uh, described, I think his mum describes him as a man who doesn't need things explaining to him. But at the same time, all the servants do seem to explain things to him. Like, like they all say, oh, don't worry about your dad being grumpy with you. It's just because he's got gout. Um, yeah. So he's obviously got this kind of nice, caring circle of of servants all looking out for him. Yeah, and he, um, yeah, exactly. And and a, somebody that is liked by by their servants, we know, is good. Yeah. That's a that's a measure of a of a yeah. good person in a in a Dodger Hair book, isn't it? Yeah, we don't see him with any dogs in this book, but that's that's a good runner. runner you get the up, feeling isn't it? that if there was a dog, it would be devoted to him. Absolutely. And then, you know, what other thing I like about him is that um, early on, he he asks his mum if his dad subjects her to such Turkish treatment as, as he received. And he, he seems genuinely concerned that his mum might be in what is potentially an abusive relationship. And his mum, you know, puts his mind at rest. But I like the fact that he wasn't afraid to, you know, speak up for his mum if, if necessary. Yeah. And, and also, you do because of you know everyone saying around him oh don't listen to him we, we know that um even though his father his his father is having a go at him when we enter the scene mm. um we know that actually they do get on um they do get on quite well normal uh, in in um normally and mm. um there is a lot of love there still and the and really this is down to his father's gout which does sound awful uh, yeah yeah listen I- to us all Yes. No um, indulgence. D- yeah, do mini eggs cause gout? Do I need to worry? Yeah. It's more like port, isn't it? It wouldn't it wouldn't do it any good. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's rarely a health food. It's rich food, isn't it? It's like rich fatty foods and okay. Okay. And, and and alcohol, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um one other thing I like about about him um is it said neither his consequence nor his wealth had made him blind to the troubles that beset persons less comfortably circumstanced. He might be careless and frequently rackety, but no one in dire straits had ever appealed to him for help in vain. His friends, and he had many friends, said of him that he was a great gun, true as touch, a right one. And even his severest critics found nothing worse to say of him, that it was high time he brought his carrying-ons to an end and settled down. So that's nice. I, th- I think it's um, it's impressive when somebody... Especially, I mean, he is a a very blessed young man, isn't he? He's going to become an earl. He's yeah. handsome. He's intelligent. He's charming. But that doesn't make him blind to the um, struggles of, mm. of people in less fortunate circumstances. And and we know that throughout the book by his actions, don't we? Because mm. even before he um, meets Cherry properly and they, he takes up in the, in the curriculum on the way to London, mm. he expresses his concern about her because mm. he understands the position that she's in in the household with um, her aunt, which we can talk about later. But he, he, you know, most young men wouldn't care about a girl who had just met in a, you know, in a ball, um, yeah, and and wouldn't wouldn't be concerned with her at all. And but he does honestly care. And he talks about it on the on the drive home with his um, cousin, I think it is, and his um, mm. aunt um, about women in in that position yeah that's Um, true well that reminds me actually that yeah one of the other qualities he has I think is that he um is very comfortable and very pleasant and polite to all degrees of society and in that he reminded me of Gilly and the foundling like there there I think there's a point where he he talks to a a couple when he's trying to track down Lord Nettlecombe and there's a line in that says something like they had no idea that he was you know itching to get to get gone because you know he's polite to everybody yeah, not at all high on the instep. No, indeed, indeed. Um, 
so yeah, I mean, I I don't think he's really got a, a character flaw, to be honest. And it's nothing, nothing really stands out. No, that's my problem. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> uh, so should we move on to Henrietta, who is also a very likable character? Yes, please. So Henrietta or Hetta, I would have thought that Henrietta was shortened to Hetty, but not in this book. She's a Hetta. I like the fact that it would have been easy for her to be portrayed as someone who was, while getting on with her life, a little bit pining for Des. But I think it sounds like she's having a grand old time. She's got, she's surrounded by men who seem to be very much taken with her. And you kind of understand why she hasn't settled down because... Actually, her life seems pretty fulfilling. I mean, maybe a bit too much time catering for her hypochondriac mum. But, you know, she's obviously out moving in the high circles, glittering parties. I think she sounds like she's got quite a nice life. Yeah, you don't get the sense at all that she's downtrodden by her mother. No. She She's just aware of her, her mother's faults and mm. um, sort of has to live with it. But, yeah, definitely not... Um, yeah, yeah, def- definitely not treated treated badly at home or anything like that, mm. um, or or in a difficult position where she, um, you know, so it's obviously some women were in this difficult position where they were sort of left at home and mm. um, there was no future for them. You didn't you didn't get that sense. She, she you honestly feel she hasn't got married because she hasn't um, found anyone she loves enough, um, rather than or hasn't realised it. Not to, yeah, well, exactly. Um, not, not a character to pity, I think. No, and I think she at. said she says that to uh, Mr. Nethercott at one point, doesn't she? Um, yeah, yeah. And I, she also says that she is like Beatrice in Much Do About Nothing, um, all mirth and no matter. And yeah, I I think if the you know if the chips were down, she would show that she you know is a serious person. But in this book, nothing so serious happens that she she needs to discard her mirth she is a very mirthful character yeah indeed she's mirthy yeah and we know that um as well she she shares a good sense of a sense of humor with um Mm. with Viscount Desford as well uh, because um he refers or I wish I wish Hetta was here there was something funny happened and on the end she oh I wish Hetta was here to Mm. share the joke Mm. with me Um, oh yeah they have lots of eyes locking moments she has a liveliness of character as well, doesn't she? Yeah. I, for Another good one. Yeah, yeah. For me, she was a sort of a more likeable or more immediately likeable version of Jane Austen's Emma. Okay. Yeah. I'm, see, I'm not sure that we... Okay, go on then. Tell me Tell me why. <laughs> okay. Um, Persuade me. <laughs> entertain me. Um, <laughs> she is blessed in many ways, but, but not perhaps as attractive as Emma, although she's got very, she's very, well, she's obviously very attractive, um, if not beautiful, because men do like her. But um, she just seem, seems like a kind of golden girl. You know, she's got this blessed life. Um, and then she takes in this young girl okay. who isn't quite as attractive or clever, but she kind of takes her under her wing. And then that girl ends yeah. up with a bloke that initially shown interest in her. Yeah, yeah. I guess I think of Emma as, uh, yeah, I guess when I think of Emma, I think of her, her faults of being mm. um, overly involved in other people's lives, and I'm not sure that... No, that that, that is up. not true of her. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yes, yeah. More circumstance and character, perhaps, in, in terms of similarities. Yeah, so she's not... Well, there's a bit of description. So so Miss Silverdale has had very fine eyes. They were indeed her only claim to beauty, her mouth was held to be too large, her high bridge nose too aquiline, and her hair of an undistinguished brown. But her eyes dominated her face and were responsible for the, the generally accepted dictum that she had a great deal of countenance. Yeah, so mm. she's not a beauty, but we I like this phrase, someone's got countenance. I like that because I think it there's a it's a mm. bit about their personality as well. So I think someone can not not be a beauty, but they have they have countenance, they've got they've got something about them. Yes. You know what it reminds me of? Um, when I'm singing at home, just, you know, around the house, and my husband says to me, you know what, you've got good tone. And I feel like 
He's saying you haven't necessarily got. <laughs> I mean, your pitch good... is a poor, yeah. <laughs> but your tone's all right. Yeah. That's what I hear yeah. when I think a good countenance. But yeah, no, she's yeah, obviously incredibly charming. And of course, our more our grey eyes again, which many yep. hey, ding, ding. heroines have, have grey eyes. Nice, likable character, but we don't re- for a heroine. Mm. We don't really hear a lot from her, do we? This is no. more about his um, adventure, his, uh, yeah. Well, maybe it, his coming to terms with the idea or, or realising that actually maybe, maybe it is, maybe it is ready to settle down. It's both yeah. an external adventure in tracking down Lord Nesselcombe and an internal discovery. That's what I think. Should we talk about the love story then or, or, the, or the relationship rather? Yes, please. I think we so, can, come on, we can refer to it as a love story. Yes, no, it is. It is okay. because, because they don't, I, th- I think they not, they, they, they can, they, from the very beginning, they feel love towards each other. Mm. And, and I think that we, well, I don't know how you feel that. So I agree that she's not pining for him, mm. but I think she, um, I think she, she knows she yeah. loves him. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And is probably just quite quietly confident that at the right moment he will realise. Yeah, exactly. Well, I hope so. Yeah, and 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 I think um, if we look at when, so this was a match set up between their parents, wasn't it? Mm, so many moons ago. Um, yeah. So they and and I think. That is a believable um, premise, isn't it? That that they mm. um, that parents want you to get together. He was twenty at the time, so you know, a, a young man that's twenty mm. years old. She must have been younger than that. Mm. They've been brought up brother and sister, yes. and um, it's just too early for him to settle down. He hasn't sold. Yeah. You know, he hasn't sold any of his wild oats. And, mm-hmm. and you have that in that conversation with his father, you know, you expected mm. me at 20 to settle down. I'm sorry I disappointed you, but, you know, you wouldn't, you didn't do that. Yeah. So why, <laughs> why expect it of me? Mm. Um, and I think you get those clues in the text that um, he just wasn't ready at that time. And now he's lived a bit yeah. and he is then gradually throughout the story realises her worth and mm. um, that he sort of, he, he loved her all along. And she was the woman for him all along. Well, I, yeah, I, it's interesting that, isn't it? When because early on, he says, you know, if if you wanted me to marry Hetta, why on earth did you raise us as brother and sister? That doesn't make sense. So yeah. there's obviously a gradual shift or a sudden change. I don't know, but that they have stopped seeing each other in that way. Um, well, I guess then they kind of transitioned to best of friends, and then that yeah. became. Yeah, well, I think one of the catalysts that him realizing how he feels was this was mr medicott coming Mm. on the scene Mm -hmm. and um he that definitely um raises a little bit of jealousy doesn't it well i have a section here Um, when they first meet each other um so yeah uh desford goes around to visit uh to visit hetter and she's with mr nethercott i don't think you're acquainted with mr nethercott are you des said henrietta mr nethercott you must let me make you known to Lord Desford, who is almost my foster brother. The two men shook hands, each swiftly weighing the other up. Yeah, I love the fact that they were weighing each other up and that she kind of referred to him as her brother type figure. Um, yeah. Which possibly needled theirs a little bit. I, I think it would me. But um, yeah, just that, I love that image of these two guys just sort of, you know, checking each other out. What's the competition here? Yeah, because Nethercott's obviously going to be jealous of this person who's who um, she, she obviously talks about a lot and mm. and 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 likes very much. Um, I do like um, Desmond's reaction to Nethercott um, because there's and there's also a, a suggestion in there that he he never likes. Funnily enough, he never likes the people, uh, the men that are caught, trying to court her. Yeah, and well, then, she says, as you, you, you don't want... Sorry, go on. No, you're right. I think he referred to it as like a dog in the manger, didn't he? Or she referred to him yeah. as a dog in the yeah. manger. Yeah, like, you, you don't want me yourself, but you can't yeah. endure the thought I might marry another man. So she's got his number. <laughs> there. Yes, and then um, Des meets Mr. Nethercott again later on for the second time. And... Um, 
And Hetta says, you have already met Lord Desford, haven't you? The gentlemen exchanged bows. Mr Nethercott said painstakingly that he had indeed had that pleasure. And the, Val- and the Viscount said nothing at all. You know, Ooh. <laughs> yeah. And I think you notice that without having, in the time between that first meeting and the second meeting, Every time Des mentions Mr. Nethercott, he's more negative about him. They haven't spent any more time with each other. He's just attributing more and more negative characteristics yeah. to this guy. Um, yeah. And then once, once um, Mr. Nethercott disappears off, yeah, once Mr. Nethercott disappears, uh, Desford did not resume his seat, but glanced frowningly down at Henrietta and said with unaccustomed asperity, I can't conceive why you... No, never mind. What were we saying when a fellow interrupted us? So I love unaccustomed asperity. Clearly, this guy is hitting a few buttons. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And he refers to him as that fellow. Yeah, exactly. And then, le- and then later on, so this is when, so this is when, as we were talking about, um, he wishes there was someone to share a joke with him. Mm. And think, well, Hetta, for instance. Um, and then he, this is him thinking. It was to be hoped that she didn't make the mistake of marrying that prosy fellow whom he had found dangling after her at Inglehurst, for he wouldn't suit her at all. And he was just the kind of slow top to ask her, ask her in a puzzled voice what she meant when she made a joke. Come to think of it, none of Hetta's suitors, and Lord how many of, their, of, their, of them had there been, had ever seemed worthy of her. Queer that such an intelligent girl should be unable to recognise at a glance men who were quite beneath her touch. Recalling her numerous suitors, he could not bring him to mind one he, he liked. Well, no. <laughs> no, there's a reason for that, mate. <laughs> yes, very, very clever man. He's a little bit uh, blindsided by that, isn't he? Um, and I love the fact that at the end, when um, Cherry announces that uh, Mr. Nethercott proposed to her, Des chips in with Carrie Nethercott, an excellent fellow. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, okay. yeah. You're happy enough him to marry Cherry. <laughs> okay. I, one of my favorite conversations um around this sort of developing love story is um one that des has with his mum because his yes. his mum um she knows what's going on she's got a mother's insight yes. so yeah they're strolling around um and he says runs tame there does he how hetta can tolerate such a prosy fellow i should never know oh you've met him then she said i should rather think i have i trip over him every time i go to inglehurst and you don't like him I thought him a pleasant, well-conducted man. Well, I think him a dead bore, said Desford. She returned an indifferent answer and almost immediately turned the subject, repressing, with strong effort, a burning desire to pursue it. <laughs> She's good, isn't she? She knows how to play people. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I'm not sure I'd have held back, so she, mm. yeah, she has all my <laughs> admiration for <laughs> holding back in not questioning that further. But she knows. She knows they're perfect for each other. Yeah. And her uh, and her mother does as well, in her way. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. Um, but I think as well, like, Hetta has a few moments where she's obviously concerned that uh, perhaps Desford is falling for yes. Cherry. Um, so yes. she refers to having a sorely troubled heart. Desford says his father must have supposed him to be on the verge of disgracing him. And Henrietta found this a balm applied to her sorely troubled heart because I guess yes. he, that's him acknowledging that it would be disgracing his family to marry Cherry. Yeah. And I think earlier on as well, um, when he first meets Cherry, mm. um, she feels um, Miss uh, Silverdale perceived that Desford had spoken no less than the truth when he had described her as a taking little thing and wondered with inexplicable sinking of the heart um, if he was more captivated by her than perhaps he knew. Mm. So, yeah, again, so we fairly early on, we know that she's not, she doesn't think of him as just a friend. There is more, and she would not like him to marry another woman. Yes. At least not that one. I mean, uh, fair enough. I guess she knows that, I think later on it, that they say that, or she suggests that Cherry is the kind of woman who won't necessarily age well because she's not that bright. Um, so I guess she'll know that that's not good for Des. Des will just get bored. Yeah. So even if she wasn't in love with him, I think she'd still realise that Cherry isn't this the right wasn't... woman. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, and then we get <laughs> um, Des's lovely brother, Simon. Let's come to him later. Yeah. Um, 
announcing that Des and Hetta are, are betrothed uh, to keep Wilfred, Wilfred Steen off their trail. Um, yeah. Which is like an, I, that, that was a good, that was, that was clearly yeah. a useful, good thing to say. That, mm. that's, that's the thing to say, isn't it? Because mm-hmm. it, it definitely took the wind out of Wilfred's sails. No, I think that was really good. Um, and then, of course, he has to explain to, Simon has to explain to Hetta what he's done. And she gets kind of a bit flushed and angry. And then he says, he tells Des a little bit later. And then Des gets a queer little smile on hearing yeah. the news. And he wants to know how Hetta took it as well. So at that point, yeah. you like, oh, okay, cool. He's definitely going to be holding her to that engagement, probably. Um, but that was really nice. And then, yeah, the the actual proposal yeah. scene is lovely <laughs> um let's let's have a look at that yeah so everything's sort of tidied up with cherry and it's just des and Hetta in the room she's about to leave just a moment before you do that he said you and i my pippin have still something to discuss he spoke lightly but the smile had vanished from his eyes which were fixed on her face with a look in them that made her feel for the first time in all their dealings as shy as a schoolgirl. She said hurriedly, oh, you refer to a sensical story Simon made up about us. I must say I was excessively vexed with him, but I don't think any harm will come of it. Simon says that if it does leak out that we're secretly engaged, we only have to deny it or for one or other of us to cry off. He returned no answer, and when she ventured to steal a look at him, she found that he was still watching her intently. In an attempt to relieve what, for some inscrutable reason, she felt to be an embarrassing situation, she said with a very creditable assumption of her usual liveliness, if it comes to that, I collect the task of crying off will be mine. I can never understand why it is thought very improper for a gentleman to cry off an engagement, but no such thing if the lady does it. No, he agreed, but not as if he'd been attending to her. I give you fair warning, Hetta, that if it does come to that, the task will be yours, for I have not the remotest intention or desire to cry off. He paused for an instant, trying to read her face, but when she lifted her eyes as though compelled to his, his mouth twisted and he said in a voice she had never heard before, but you shan't, I I won't let you. Oh, Hetta, my dear Pippin, I've been such a fool. I've loved you all my life, and never knew how much until I thought I was going to lose you. Don't say it's too late. A tiny smile wavered on her lips. She said simply, no, Des, not if you really mean it. I've never meant anything more in my life, he said, and went to her, holding out his arms. She walked straight into them, and they closed tightly round her. My best of friends, he said huskily, and kissed her. This it all is interrupted by Lady Silverdale, <laughs> um, as is the way. But that's lovely. My only concern is Pippin as a pet name. I like Pippin. I think that's sweet. What does it mean, though? Is it a type of like... apple? Is it a type of apple? I, um, I think it's nice. I just, it just made me think. Imagine you, you, you know, you're friends with someone for years and years and years. You finally declare your love for them. And then you realise that they're the sort of person that gives you a pet name like Pippin. Like, okay, if you like it, but if you don't, oh, no. It's the fact that it's used twice there, indicating Mm. it's... Yeah, you're right, indicating it's suddenly a new nickname when we haven't... or Yeah, a new term of endearment. When we haven't heard it put at all before in the book. No, not in his thought process or anything. No, exactly, yeah. Because if if he said it before, uh, maybe earlier in the book, it sort of makes sense because that was their little pet name you know yeah. not just you know in, in a jokey way but yeah and then it was suddenly used in an affectionate way but yeah anyway I, I yeah I agree it's a bit it's a bit out of place but um <laughs> I don't mind I don't mind as a term of endearment um yeah but I do like it's quite um it's a nice believable scene isn't it because she mm-hmm. um she, she's never been embarrassed in his company before yeah. And then he suddenly looks, earn, you know, earnestly at her and um, starts to be serious and yeah. everything changes. And I can just imagine the um, the atmosphere in that room and how that, you know, mm. suddenly, you know, everything feels a bit electric. And that's, a, that's it's, quite, it's quite a nice, believable scene, that. Yes, absolutely. And I like, there are two interruptions after that, isn't there? Um, her yeah, mother walks in and she's done a very much t- a turnabout because I think earlier she was angry at him for having foisted Cherry upon them. And she's yeah. like, I don't want to see that man ever again. I'm so glad you didn't marry him. And But she is all smiles. She is, she's chuffed to bits. And then and then Simon walks in. Um, and I, I think he, he has a great ending to the book. Yeah. 
because let's have a look at that. Um, the lovers then resumed their previous occupation, snogging, only to be almost immediately interrupted by Simon, who strolled in, checked on the threshold in surprise at the sight which met his eyes, and burst into a shout of laughter. Reproved in no uncertain terms by his older brother, he was quite unrepentant. Oh, isn't there anything to laugh at? He said, kissing Hetta's cheek and painfully wringing the Viscount's hand. Here's a pair of you smelling of April and May ever since I can remember, and it ain't until I put it into your head that it occurs to either of you to stop huffling and get spliced. Well, I told you you didn't know how knacky my best was, Des, but you know now. He then took his leave of them, declining an invitation to join the dinner party on the score of it being imperative that he should be in London before it became too dark to see his way. I'm off to Brighton in the morning, he explained. But if you should get into any more scrapes, Des, just send me word and I'll post straight back to rescue you. <laughs> cheeky. I like Simon. He's cheeky, isn't he? We don't hear very much of Simon, but no. um, I'd like to hear more about Simon. Oh, spin-off um, of Simon. Yeah. I Early on, there's this relationship that I, that I like because I... I think he gets into trouble, doesn't he? He's, he's going, Simon's living the life a little bit too hard. Um, yeah. He asks for, for some money, doesn't he? And a monkey. A monkey. <laughs> Which is money. <laughs> um, yeah, and Des provides it, but without any sort of um, lecture. And he says, oh, you know, thank you for not dishing out an older brother gibation. Um, yeah, I think I think the only string attached was that you get rid of his... Um, is his current clothes <laughs> yeah because they're he, offensive to this <laughs> yes because i think um at this point simon knows about cherry and he could in theory blackmail his brother saying you know yeah. I'll, I'll tell dad about cherry if you don't give me the money but he doesn't and des says oh, i know you wouldn't do that and he goes oh yeah they're yeah. They're, they're, they're a good brother they're a good set of brothers yeah there's another brother of course horace isn't he that's out yeah being a soldier i think yeah, I think we think he's meant to be the the more serious brother, isn't he? Or the one that disappoints mm. his father the least. It's easier when you're further away to yeah. be a better a better child, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So in terms of the Carrington family, I think that nearly as much time is given to the relationship between Des and his father as Des and Heta. Um, and I think yeah. it reminded me a bit of uh, Devil's Cub in sort of, you know, the the Dow and his father. I think there's a certain gruffness shown by the father, but at the same time, it's really evident just how much he loves his family. And bits about fathers and their relationship with their sons come up a few times in this novel because you've got that that comparison of the Steen family where Lord Nettlecombe uh, disowned his son for marrying what he considered beneath him. Um, yeah. which, but we'll get to the hypocrisy of that later, I think. But um, <laughs> And there's direct comparison, isn't there, with yeah. what, um, what the Earl would do mm. um, or would, would never, never do that, whatever Desmond yeah. did he would never disown him. And he says that to him. And so you do have that direct comparison yeah. about those relationships. Because yes. this, I was going to say that there's part of me that was thinking, uh, when reading, I was like, there is a lot in here about Desford and his father. And it, mm. it didn't, um, I didn't, almost like I didn't immediately see, immediately see why, because it doesn't add to the, uh, like adventurous part of the story going through it but I think you're right I think it is to provide that uh comparison and it's a commentary on on their on their relationship which is yeah yes. I guess important in the book yes because actually Des's mum says that not only would his father never disown him it's entirely against his principles to do such a thing and he gave the cut direct didn't he to yeah um Nettlecombe Nettlecombe yeah um Lord Nettlecombe when he did do it even though mm. he did not approve of what the son did yeah yeah um he he still what was worse was the father's reaction and um yeah cutting him off mm. yeah and I think just he, he reiterates a couple of times you know if you had because I think he really appreciates that Des goes to him and explains what's been going on takes him into his confidence 
and he he listens to it and I think he totally understands where Des is coming from and I imagine he's a little bit proud of you know the the backbone he's been showing and you know he says if you come to your rope, just give me a shout I'll come and help you out um which Simon does as well and his mum helps in her own way in terms of you know quietly manipulating people in a very impressive way um you know it to me that felt like a real family where everyone does look out for each other and will forgive anything because they're your family at the end of the day yeah and I think that is um a contrast to the other families all Mm. the other families in the book really well uh, maybe not um his sister's family the um the old sister's family but Mm. Even Henrietta's situation, you know, the, the mother's not a likable character and she's quite, she, mm. she doesn't have that much affection for Henrietta really. She likes, yeah, likes Charles a lot more. And, mm. and um, I, th- I think there isn't a lot of affection in that family compared to um, Dirtus' family. Yeah. But I think I get the impression that, that, that Hetta sort of survives almost by how close those two families are. So Hetta gets on really yeah. well with Des's mum, always a good thing. Um, and, you know, they're in and out of each houses all the time. It's, it's very sociable and, and friendly, isn't it? Yeah. And then, of course, Cherry is welcomed into the Silverdale home as well. Let's have a chat about yeah. Cherry. Uh, at least initially welcomed. <laughs> welcomed <into it. laughs> yeah, she's she's interesting. I, I think it's quite good that we, we, know, we know fairly early on, because it, sometimes it's a bit, it's not necessarily clear about who's going to be the heroine but we mm. know cherry's not going to be the main heroine don't we because yeah. she's not um she's too young and she's she's not particularly bright yeah. yeah um and um she's yeah, dull so, so we sort of know she's a bit dull isn't she um but but not but sweet ever so sweet and, ever so sweet yeah. but then so she so she has two lovely weeks where she feels cared yeah. for and appreciated and she blooms a little bit it's really sweet then lady silverdale does start to pick a few holes in her character which is all about lady silverdale not about cherry because apparently that's that's just her mo that's what she does she gets a bit bored of people and yeah. then she starts finding finding flaws um but then think i feel like things go very downhill for cherry um with with the kiss well yeah so sir charles is has he's broken his arm isn't he so he's stuck at, at the silverdales as, as well um and he's he, basically just bored and that's yeah. why he decides to yeah chance a kiss with her yeah so he yeah he forces a kiss on her because he's injured he's got like a couple of broken ribs or something um she doesn't shove him off as she as she might have done um but sort of passively resists as much as she can. Um, and someone walks in, don't they, and, and sees it but happening. I think it's, it's, Mrs. it's um, Lady Silverdale walks in. Herself. <gasps> Herself. And Lady Silverdale then um, gets very upset with both of them, but especially Cherry. And the thing she says to her... Yes, so, yes. I like this bit. I, I told her perfectly kindly that no gentleman kisses a girl unless he has received encouragement to do so. Mm. and I warned her of what might well befall her if she didn't learn to behave with more propriety that's so unfair yeah well and just so entirely wrong <laughs> um, well, yeah obviously and, and, and uh, you know and Heta absolutely calls her out for it being absolute rubbish although earlier um her Lady Silverdale is complaining that Charles in the same sort of conversation told her to stubble it <laughs> which is hilarious um but yeah so lady silda is, is more distraught about that and um and henrietta says I mean, well i think that was more impro- improper i.e shouting at yeah. his mom than to have kissed cherry and i don't agree i don't agree no no i mean it is um it, it, Hen- henrietta everybody really um is not outraged by this incident, hmm. are they? Well, um, Lady Silver up for different reasons, but um, but it it almost you feel like in a normal circumstances would just be laughed off rather than it's just that Lady Silver Silver is overreacting and overreacting at Cherry rather than Charles. Hmm. Um, but it is 
it's definitely not seen as um, like that Charles should be ashamed of himself for it, really. And also, you, the situation that Cherry was it, yeah, Cherry was in at that time. It's so thoughtless, isn't it? She was mm. a guest in his house. She's mm. clearly very, very innocent. Mm. Not that anything would make this okay, but she was in a particularly vulnerable situation. Yeah, and uh, he knew that she couldn't, you know, uh, give him a slap or you know, he he knew that it was limits to how she could react to it. Yeah. And he did it anyway. Ugh. But at least he owns up to it, though. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so he does, be- you know, when when Lady Silverdale... Oh, um, he, he says it was all me, you know. He, well, yeah, exactly. Yeah. At, at, least, at least he owns up to it. But then after, after that um, telling off by Lady Silverdale, of course, Cherry leaves the house, goes like for a walk, I suppose, to clear her, clear her head and gets lost. And then ends up breaking her, uh, not breaking her, but injuring her ankle because she trips over, fleeing from some dude she meets on the road who she felt really scared by because he was looking at her in a dodgy way. Um, so, you know, there she, she she goes straight out of having a kiss forced on her to having some street harassment. But, mm. but it ends up being the happiest day of her life. Because yeah, she yeah. meets um, Mr. What was Nethercott? Yes, meets Mr. Nethercott. That's the problem with Mr. Nethercott. Um, He's a bit forgettable, isn't he? He is, yeah. Uh, meets Mr. Nethercott, and I don't know, in the space of half an hour or something, he proposed, <laughs> proposes <laughs> to her. No, I think there were a couple of hints earlier on that he. Um... That he was yeah, transferring no, his affection on there, but but yeah, uh, yeah I think no. that's. I mean, he got to pick her up and carry her in his arms. It was always going to happen. Yeah. Um, so the day ends well for her, bless her. Yeah, it it does, it does, and for for everyone apart from Wilford Steen, I think. <laughs> yeah, um, and I like that relationship because you you know, Nethercott, although he is you know a little bit boring he does seem like a really nice guy like yep. even when in the conversation with um Heta about they, they're having a conversation about De- so she's saying Desford would never marry Cherry basically mm. um and she she's talking about the bad blood in her family mm. which I think is a bit Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm sure people did think that at the time it was bad blood. It's a bit. Um, I was just gonna say, I, I try to convince myself sometimes that when they say bad blood, they actually mean they won't. That person won't have been taught good, good behaviour because they haven't seen it demonstrated. But Henrietta specifically says it hasn't come out in Cherry, but it might come out in her children. Oh yeah, no, that's yeah. yeah so that's it's a bit um, dodgy beliefs there, but. Um, I do think, yeah, um, there's a, a few bits like that in Hayo, isn't it, about about how things run through families, yeah, yeah, gambling, plenty. and yeah. Mm. Um, but Nethercott, to be um, to be fair to the guy, says that that wouldn't matter to anybody that that shouldn't matter what yeah. um, what her father did, what her father did shouldn't matter, and no no man would let that bother him if. Um, he loved he loved a sort of thing or some, something similar to that mm-hmm. but yeah so I think he's a decent guy and he's yeah. a bit older and she likes older men mm-hmm. um <laughs> can look after her I, I feel like it's more she feels comfortable with older men not like she likes older men well, yeah, she no I know but she but she uh, she's more comfortable yeah, yeah she's more comfortable with older men she reacts better to, to older mm-hmm. men she knows um well young men try to kiss you well exactly mm. Um, and you know you get the feeling he's going to look after her and they're going to be very happy oh. um, thinking of a less happy family now uh, the Steen family oh. they're a special bunch aren't they blimey yeah I mean the first time we meet Lord Nettlecombe Des has finally tracked him down in Harrogate and he actually screams at Des, kind of like, no, leave me alone. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. Get out. And he seems vaguely unhinged. Yeah. I just think that he doesn't want any level of responsibility or mm. he just doesn't care about anybody, does he? He's awful. 
awful. But then, awful. but then you feel he's got that. Um, of course, he married his um, <laughs> lady housekeeper. <laughs> yeah, who is an amazing character. They they yeah, obviously have a really massive argument right in front of Des. <laughs> and she does this amazing thing where she refers to her first and second husbands. Let me find that bit. Um, I almost wish I had a second husband so I could do this. Uh, she says, well, they do say that the first year of marriage is difficult, don't they? And I'm sure my first and I had many a tiff, but no more than lovers quarrels. Like this little breeze, me and my second has just had. She leaned forward to fondle her second's unresponsive hand as she spoke and adjured him in sugared accents, not to put himself into a fuss over a mere shawl. Yeah, I, that whole scene is brilliant. Oh, you understand Such, why yeah. Des wants to share it with Hetta, and I love the fact that he's genuinely angry because they've said some awful things. But as he's cooling off, he sort of has to see the ridiculous of it, and he's just laughing after a while. Yeah, um, yeah, she's a great character. Yeah, um... but possibly <laughs> not as great as um, Wilfred Steen, aka yeah. Baron Monte Toscana. Yeah, love it. I that, that <laughs> realizes he said the wrong card. Absolutely he has love it. A lot of the liversage about him, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, he does. In the, the Foundling, is it the Foundling? Um, mm. got that wrong. Um, no, but he he really reminds me of of that character. Just an absolute chancer. Yeah, fantastic. So that, I mean, it's an amazing first scene, isn't it? Where he has, he's like rifling through all his cards, trying to find one with the right name on it. And yeah. then there's a... And like Simon, Simon standing there, not believing yeah. <laughs> Just the phrasiness of it. Like and then yeah. uh, I liked it later on when uh, he, Simon's gone to Inglehurst to warn Hetta that Wilfred Steen's on his way. And, um, and Hetta tells the, the butler, oh, when... When Mr. Steen arrives, show him to the library, and Simon pipes in with, um, "Oh, oh, what does he says?" Um, so the the butler Grimshaw says, um, "I will show Mr. Steen into the library exactly as you say, Miss." All the Baron wanted Toscano, interpolated Simon. Henrietta had started in the direction of the drawing room, but she checked at this and looked over her shoulder, saying quickly, "No, no, Simon, I can't receive strangers at such a moment." <laughs> Same man, he explained in an undervoice. <laughs> Love that. <laughs> And then yeah. I think that the other thing I absolutely love about Wilfred Steen is that no one can mention him without someone saying, I thought he was dead. <laughs> yes. Imagine, imagine that being alive. That everyone just goes, oh, you're alive. Wow. Yeah, yeah he is a great character. And yeah. I just, it's the absolute relentlessness of, um, of how, however much he is given evidence that there has been no that his daughter has not been compromised at all. Yeah, there's like there's like he will he will not accept defeat. It's just uh, you know again and again and again mm. he just comes back with um, with something and then clearly trying to fleece. Desford. Yes, that that is beautiful. Uh, I think um, Desford gets the good last word with him though. I think um, I just find that. Right at the end, where he finally well, manages to yeah. get rid of him. I mean, the yeah, I mean, Simon saying that they're betrothed clearly is a bit of a facer for him to start off with, and so he's already he's already on the the back foot, mm. I think, after that. Mm. And when they when Desford comes in, and it's very clear that they are in love with each other. So even he sees that yeah. he sees that um, they're yeah. in love with each other. But I th- so Mr. Steen. Um, Wilfred uh has sort of give, given up at this point and uh he says to Des you remind me very much of your father said Mr Steen eyeing him with considerable dislike thank you said Desford bowing also that young cub of a brother of yours both of a hair no respect for your seniors a pair of stiff rumped bumptious bouncers don't think you can put the change on me Desford trying to hoax me with your Banbury stories because you can't oh I shouldn't dream of doing so instantly replied his lordship I never compete against experts. One thing entirely unrelated to anything we've spoken about so far um, is there, there are a couple of phrases in this book that I don't remember hearing in other books. So a couple of times the word mifty is used. So, oh, we got a bit mifty. 
which I love. Mm. And then also they, yeah. they used the phrase, a case of pickles. And that, that made me think of you because you're one to say, oh, it's a bit of a pickle, isn't it? Pickle. I'm in a bit of a pickle. Um, is that what it's being used to? Yes. I, I can't remember that. Is that, oh, so, so it is a case of pickles is, um, it's about, yeah. it's a, we're in, a, a, we're in a case of pickles. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love that. I'm going to use that. I'm going to change it. That sounds, oh, I said, oh this is a bit of a pickle, isn't it? It's so, not a bit of a pickle. It's a whole case of pickles. It's a lot yeah. of pickle. Oh, this is a case of pickles, this situation. <laughs> Um, yeah, definitely using that. And I think I already might use Mifty. Miffed? I always oh. use Miffed. Miffed. Not, not Mifty. Mifty. Use mm. Miffed. Yeah, but it made me think, like, I, I wonder if there are other novels where there are phrases used by Haya that are just used in that novel. Because I think there are. Yeah, I'm sure there are. But I think the trouble is, as you've become more and more familiar with them and the more and more rereads you do, you don't, you can't mm. quite place what you've read in what book. Absolutely. Um, but I'm yeah. sure there are. We, we, when we're reading the next one, we'll make sure we'll pick out the haerisms. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I, it's interesting. I, don't, I think if I was writing a 30-odd novels, I'd have a kind of rolling vocabulary in my head and it would peep out in most books. But there's something about the yeah. way Haya works that she can keep it so contained. It's really impressive. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely phrases that are used mm. in lots of books yeah but, but yeah no I know, I know what you mean well I think that draws us to the end of our conversation about Charity Girl um I really enjoyed reading this one I, I needed this nice lightness after uh Cousin Kate so I appreciated that um Rach what we got next well I'm excited about the next one no oh. we've got the Masqueraders Oh, excellent. I could not tell you anything about that other than the names of the two. It's Robin and Prue, isn't it? But Well, yeah, it's Robin and Prue and it's, um, I've forgotten their other names. Okay. <laughs> they're masqueraders' names. But yeah, no, a bit of cross-dressing. Lovely. A bit of um, adventure. Um, mm. Another fine old gentleman. Um, yeah, great. Fantastic. Really looking forward to that. So thanks for joining us. Um, we really appreciate all the conversations we get to have with you on social media, by the way. That, that's that been fantastic. And to those of you who have left um, reviews for our podcast, thank you. They're really appreciated. You have said some lovely things. Um, so that's it for now. Take care. Be good to yourselves. We'll be back soon. Bye. Bye. <laughs>